This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today, those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige, and engineering. First. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello and welcome to the world's best construction podcast with a very special episode for you this week because Luke is away. He's traveling. He's in Washington, D.C., which means you've got me and Liam. How you doing, Liam? All right, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. How are you, Luke, then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like he's oh, still here, he mate. How you doing, Luke? Um, yeah, not too bad, mate. Yeah. yeah all right, Geezer. All right. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm good, mate. Life's good, man. I'm... Um, yeah, I've just just been up to the usual. I tell you, tell you what I have been doing. I've been binge watching Million Dollar Listing. You know that show about the uh, real estate agents in New York. I'm familiar. I know you interviewed one of the main characters, Ryan Serhant, a couple of years ago. Now, I just I want to put this as politely as possible. Obviously, I've already made up my mind about him. You know, he's very. Um, you could say a lot of things about him after watching the show. What was it like? When you're with him, what, what kind of person is he like? He's just very like what you see on TV and on that video is is what he's like in real life. He's very, very focused, very driven, quite intense. Yeah. Um, he, I don't mind me saying this sort of, uh, that's the best way to put this. He, he and his business and what he's doing is the center of his universe yeah. and nothing else is, is really that that important i guess that's like anything isn't it i mean for me b1m center of my universe so he probably says the same about me but yeah he's very uh very driven very very focused i said to him at the end because we did the interview and then i said oh we're going to film some some b-roll now uh and i said well, we think we've got you to 9:45. is that right ryan he said, well yeah but time is money so the sooner we can finish this the sooner i can go and get on to my next deal <laughs> wow <laughs> always closing always closing mate yeah he's an interesting character isn't he I was just—I've been watching it. And I'm, I'm like, he's so eccentric, and he's—he seems a little bit insecure. I don't know. He puts on this like oh, bravado. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's any guy, isn't it? It's like, oh yeah, look at me, I'm perfection. Just play the surface. <laughs> Everything's wrong. Speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not, I'm speaking for myself very much. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why are you down at the um, gym so much? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool, exactly. Definitely not trying to uh, hide my feelings with muscle. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, now this is an exciting episode, isn't it? Just the two of us. Mm. No Luke today. I was a bit apprehensive about this. I wondered if we were going to have anything to talk about or if we'd have enough to talk about. So I put together a little skyscraper quiz for oh, you. Oh, mate. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. No. Oh. So I don't know how I feel <laughs> about this. <laughs> Should we dive in? <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to say a name of a skyscraper, right? Yeah. And you've got to guess, you've got to tell me which country it's in. Oh, easy. And there are 10 of them, and they oh, start right. easy and get harder. Okay. 
and we're going to see what your score out of 10. Now, if you're listening to this, dear listener, you might want to play along at home with your children or in the car. See how many points you get. Let us know via email. Podcast at the B1M.com. I say it so many times. But that's the email address. Get them coming in. Right, you ready? Ready for this, Liam? You broke? Yep, fire away. Okay, okay. 432 Park Avenue. Which country is it in? USA. Correct. One point. This is going well, isn't it? Mm. Um, Shanghai Tower. <laughs> China, mate. <laughs> Shanghai <laughs> Tower. Tower. <laughs> It's always going to get they start easier to get harder, right? Don't, yeah, yeah. I think it's too excited. Uh, the Willis Tower, USA. <laughs> oh, long pause there, wasn't there? Um, Three hundred and eight Exhibition Street, London, UK. Oh, I'm sorry. The answer you were looking for was Australia. It's actually your home surf, mate. Oh, mate. In, yeah, I should have got that in one. Melbourne. Yeah, you should have done. Oh, yeah, go. of course. Right, okay. Three out of four so far. <laughs> not so not so ballsy now, are you? Mm, no. Um, Petronas Towers. Malaysia. Correct. I've been there, oh, mate. This, is, this one's going to get you. walk across the cantilever. Uh, this is one of, I think it's the fourth tallest building in the world. Abraj Al-Bait. What was the name, sorry? Did you repeat that? Like it's going to make any difference. To you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have Google open, to be honest. No, you can't do that. Yeah, um, yeah. Abraj Albait. Albait. Can you spell it for me? Goodness me. A B R A J A L, and then bait is in the stuff you throw over a boat to a shark. Oh, I'm sorry. We're looking for Saudi Arabia. Oh, mate. Yeah, not going so well, is it? Uh, right, Taipei 101. These are getting harder. Correct. Taiwan. Medeca PNB. Kuala Lumpur. Ah, Malaysia. Thanks. Correct. Ooh. Mm. You've got eight. Seven. Well, I know. We, I don't know how many you've got anyway. Uh, Lot World Tower. Lot World Tower. Lot World Tower. Question nine. Singapore. Oh, South Korea, mate. Uh, it's the hardest have we one. ever covered. A project yeah, in we South have. Korea. Yep, several times. We've actually done whole blown content partnerships on football stadiums in South Korea with Epic oh, Games. Oh, so. yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, right. This is the hardest one. Principal Tower. Principal Tower. Mm-hmm. Oh. You're not going to get this. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, mate. Uh, Principal Tower. I feel like I know this. Canada. Uh, it's in London, UK, mate. It's in Shoreditch. Foster and Part designed. Whereabouts in Shoreditch? Whereabouts in Shoreditch? By that bridge. You know the, the white bridge with the arch? The white arch bridge, the rail bridge thing. There. Shoreditch High Street. Right, okay. It's actually it's the thinnest well known. in the UK. It's not a very it's well known pretty, building. Pretty well known. Foster and Partners, thinnest skyscraper in the UK. Yeah. Right. What was that? What was that? Six out of ten? Seven, I think. It was seven, was it? Mm, I don't know. I have to listen oh, back. I'm happy with that. It's above average. <laughs> <laughs> it's above half. <laughs> I, was expecting a, I was expecting a walkie-talkie in there, or at least like a cheese grater or something like that. No, 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 uh, no. Proper skyscrapers here. Only proper skyscrapers. <laughs> <laughs> the walkie-talkie was not going to be in there. Well, guys, let us know what you've got at home, playing along at home. Um, maybe we should do that again. A little, little podcast quiz. It was quite good fun. Yeah. Um, 
Right, come this week, guys, we have got for you Africa's Megadam Explained, which is an epic construction project that came out on the B1M yesterday. We are talking about China's oil refinery transformation. Bjarke Ingels confirmed for the Oxygen in Saudi Arabia. And the whole thing is going to be sprinkled with basically us taking the mick out of Luke and some of your comments from the week. Let's go. First of this week, we are talking about Africa's Megadam Explained. As I said, a video that came out on the B1M yesterday. This is all about Ethiopia's vast Grand Renaissance Dam. This has been under construction for more than 10 years. This thing is enormous. To give you a bit of a sense of the scale, the main dam itself is 1.7 kilometers long and 145 meters deep. Um, you know, a skyscraper kicks in at 150 meters. This is a big dam. Uh, and the separate saddle dam, which is a, a separate construction not connected to the main dam elsewhere on the uh, on, on the reservoir, is 4.8 kilometers long and 45 meters deep. Absolutely incredible stuff. For those uh, interested, a saddle dam is actually a secondary dam that's built to hold the water created by the primary dam water limit reservoir capacity. I definitely didn't Google that and read it out to you. That's that's how I normally speak. So <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a. Is that roughly the size of London? So the reservoir that's created behind it is mm. roughly the size of London, yeah, which is absolutely insane. That's massive, man. Yeah, damn big, you might say. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering how many of them you're going to slip into this episode. <laughs> <laughs> There's one. <laughs> one in. Yeah, 74 billion cubic meters of water, uh, which is. About the same size as London. Absolutely enormous. Dam itself is twice the height of the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, yeah, an enormous, enormous great thing. Um, yeah, big old, big old project. Talking about some of the construction stuff. Now, most dams are built over rivers, as you probably know. But to pour concrete, you need a dry working area. So what they normally do to build a dam is they build diversion channels or tunnels around the side of a dam and basically divert the river through those channels or tunnels while they build the dam, and then they close those tunnels again and let a reservoir film uh, build up behind the dam structure. They did this identical thing for the Hoover Dam on the uh, Arizona-Nevada border. So where the Colorado River comes through that canyon there, they, by using explosives, created these new tunnels through the brickwork, so it's through the brickwork, through the, the cliff faces, uh, and then diverted the Colorado River down through those tunnels. So the construction site where they were building the dam was dry during the construction period. They then blew up those tunnels again, which caused the river to divert back behind the dam. It built up and created what is now Lake Mead. As you know, with most dams, uh, they let a little bit of water through to maintain the reservoir behind them. And that water passing through the dam is harnessed for hydroelectric power. The Grand Renaissance Dam is set to produce over 5,000 megawatts when it completes, which is pretty uh, pretty substantial. So, yeah, that is interesting. This is how they're going about it. They've been doing this project, as I said, for 10 years, again, using partly this diversion route to, to divert the river they're building on uh, around. What do, you, what do you make of this, Liam? Pretty damn big, right? Oh, it's, yeah, it's incredibly damn big, mate. It, it really is. I... um. I love this video, to be honest. It's uh, it's such an intriguing story, and it's it's got everything in it, right? You've got the sheer scale and ambition. This is one of the largest infrastructure projects in Africa, and it's going to rank among one of the world's biggest dams. It has the potential to 
revolutionized the country's energy landscape. It's also sparked geopolitical tensions with Sudan and Egypt. There are environmental considerations with loss of wildlife, um, habitats in local communities. But then it has this huge economic benefit for Ethiopia. You know, I think um, I think we say in the video, half the population don't have access to electricity, and this is going to dramatically change that. Yeah, mate, I, 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 it's such an incredible story, and I had no idea, right, how vital the Nile River is to the entire continent of Africa. I no, I literally had no idea. It, it's insane how important that river is to to countries over there. Yeah, it literally gives life we talk about this in the video it literally gives life to egypt so 85 percent of egypt's water comes from the river nile and 95 percent of the country's population live close to or within a few kilometers of that river because the rest of the country is obviously pretty hot desert <laughs> in the african continent so it, it's literally that river has enabled civilizations on the african continent for for millennia basically um, this is where the controversy comes in, guys. So Ethiopia are building the Grand Renaissance Dam on the Blue Nile, which is a very large river, but effectively is a tributary river into the main Nile. Um, now, this this, this 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 has basically created tension. So Ethiopia's dam build has created tensions literally downstream with Egypt and Sudan because of the impact that might have on their water supply. So canals from the Nile irrigate farms and support cities, agriculture and fishing right across Egypt. Uh, Egypt is so annoyed and concerned about this dam being built that they even were considered bombing it. They're rumoured to be considering bombing it to protect their water supply, to protect the Nile coming through. Ethiopia says that everyone's going to benefit from this, from this dam. It's all good. Uh, they want to help it bring electricity to most of its population. As you said, Liam, currently half of Ethiopia don't have, don't have access to electricity. So they're seeing this as a huge boost to their economy. They're seeing it as a really powerful way to lift people out of poverty, um, give people access to electricity, and generate a huge economic boost, which they argue will help the wider African continent. There's Now, this isn't the only example of dam diplomacy around the world. There are a few different uh, dams being built uh, in different rivers across, across Asia, deliberately upstream of certain countries to kind of exert influence over different countries. This has been done before. There's no suggestion here that Ethiopia are doing that. I think they, they're building this dam for uh, a whole host of benefits. It's a piece of infrastructure that could change their country. The products created jobs. As we said, it's going to create uh, electricity, a very sustainable form of electricity, which is great. But Egypt is saying, you know, you're, you're interrupting our water supply and that's causing a lot of tension. That tension is still rumbling on. It's not sorted. The dam is now, I think, 90% complete going to be uh yeah, kicking in in the next few years so it's it's kind of up in the air where this is going to pan out you can kind of see where egypt's coming from though right like their country depends on this and if something does go wrong or you know you don't want someone else having an influence over your main supply of of water to the country right so you would be you would be a little bit uneasy but then you can see where ethiopia is coming from it's like this is going to revolutionize our entire country our economy it's going to bring electricity to people we're going to do it and then it, it wouldn't surprise me right if they then harness that energy the electricity and then they can provide neighboring countries with it as well so it's yeah, yeah i mean it's it's a, it's a no-brainer but I, I can see where egypt's coming from is um i mean i think bombing them is a little bit 
a little bit over the top. I, I actually read, read an article allegedly Ethiopia set up um, defense systems around around the actual dam just in case, you know, we get a random plane flyover or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, we should say that's that's. I think that's probably Egypt posturing a bit to try and just let them know how annoyed they are about this. But I'm not sure bombing it would work. It's an enormous piece of concrete. I mean, it's 1.7 kilometers long, 145 meters deep. If you see the obviously see the video, guys, it is this huge, huge block of concrete. It's been poured over a decade and put together. I'm not. I mean, how many bombing rooms would you need? Depends what you're dropping it, I guess. Yeah, I don't know, mate. Probably a few, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I can relate to problems like this because we had uh, we had an incident a few years back when my my then much younger daughter decided to uh, unsupervised pop some baby wet wipes down our toilets and flush them, uh, and us being an end of terrace house, uh, all of the other houses on our street, the other six houses on our street, uh, all of their sewers <laughs> flow down a pipe. That then joins a junction under a uh, under a manhole cover in my back garden. That then goes out to the main sewer in the streets, uh, and us being us being a block, my lovely daughter having blocked up that pipe with baby wet wipes. <laughs> All the blockage that made us the talk of the streets that morning, which was fun. So we had a lovely guy, lovely chap come out from the sewer sewer company. They always have those long rods, don't they? And the a certain smell, certain fingernails. Anyway, he turned up, uh, opened this manhole cover plumbed it all out and there it was the evidence mate a big pile of baby wipes in the no, brand no, that mate. we own i tell you what you've told me so many stories about kids that has probably put me off having kids <laughs> <laughs> over the last five years <laughs> <laughs> i know you love them and i know they're great but i'm like hmm do i do i want to go down that route one day no, oh, mate. I, I love them to bits. I really do love them to bits, but they are also a very potent contraception. Like the, the most, the most effective contraception is having two kids. Yeah. Oh, you want to have kids? Oh, chat to chat to my mate Fred. Who will uh, turn you around, mate? <laughs> I remember the night where my wife, my wife was uh, was was breastfeeding our youngest one, but she was she was really really unwell. My wife was in bed really unwell, so I d- I did the night shifts with my daughter on, on one of the weeknights and I was absolutely knackered. I was filming the next day uh, in a video that's um, thankfully no longer up on the internet, but I looked absolutely exhausted in that video. And that was the night I sat on BBC news uh, and I well, no, at the NHS website and I Googled vasectomy because that was when I thought I can't do this anymore. <laughs> how, do I, how do I make sure this never happens again? Wow. Uh, that's so funny. Didn't that's go through so with it because I read, I read the side effects section. And the section on pain, so I decided not to go through with it. Just for yeah, mate. Yeah, well, okay. I've, I've, I know people that have had it done and it didn't work. They end up having Horrifying. a kid, so you know. fine. Well, there's a level of detail that you you wouldn't get on the B1M YouTube videos that you do get on the podcasts. Whether yeah. or not I've had a vasectomy, there you go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all, in, all in on there. <laughs> um, yeah, guys, this is a massive infrastructure project. Uh, we're super impressed with uh, just taking aside the politics and the geopolitical stuff. The feat of engineering around this dam is, is featured in uh, a few of our Roundup videos about some of the world's biggest construction projects. It's, it's been in that video for like several years. It's always it's always been up there as one of the biggest construction projects in the world. It's a huge, huge feat of engineering. Do go and check out this video uh, over on the B1M, as I said, came out yesterday. It's got a bit of everything, as Liam said. It's got big engineering, geopolitical, exotic location, a kind of a location we don't cover very often on the B1M, so I'm pleased to see that up there. 
Um, yeah, let us know what you think about this, guys. Are Egypt right to be annoyed? Should Ethiopia go ahead with it? Is it a good thing? It's going to lift people out of poverty and boost the economy. Is it a bad thing for the environment in Egypt? Get your comments coming in. Podcast at theb1m.com. Also in the news this week, we are heading over to China, where an oil refinery has been transformed, which is a lovely little project. Um, Nice one to come out of, nice sustainable one to come out of China. Um, So this is, uh, as I said, an oil refinery that's been transformed into a low-energy art and science museum designed by MVRDV, who we know from last week of Marble Arch Mound fame. This is an 18-hectare former refinery site in Hangzhou, which is going to find new life as a landmark cultural hub there's going to be a new museum surrounded by offices, retail space, and parkland. The main museum, I think, is probably the most exciting and attractive bit of this. It's got a permeable facade that's going to let natural light, uh, sorry, well, yes, natural light and wind ventilate through the structure, which is going to be really, really cool. Uh, energy is going to be generated by photovoltaics on its shading fins and on the roof. There's going to be this incredible led lighting display across the facade so at night it's going to light up and create uh, all kind of like visual shows which is part of this art and cultural hub they've created really cool really exciting piece of adaptive reuse i think it's a really nice way to reimagine uh, an oil refinery site which is obviously incredibly bad for the environment with something that is much more sustainable low energy and educational and i really like the way they've retained some of the oil refinery heritage in there so you can still see you can still see what the site was. That heritage and history is there, but they've created parkland. They've, as I said, brought in all these sustainable buildings. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of this. Yeah, mate. It looks like they've taken a page out of uh, Battersea Power Station in London's book. It's giving me those yeah. kind of vibes, right? <laughs> is there a black sheep coffee around there? <laughs> is there an over- overpriced grocery store? <laughs> Probably, mate. I, I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, I think it looks cool. I think I think it looks really nice. The um the renders look fantastic. I mean, there's a lot of like CGI sort of used in them. What's that one? One, two, three, four, five. The seventh slide looks pretty out of this world. Looks like you're about to go into some kind of Star Trek movie. Oh yes, the seventh slide. I remember now. That one stuck yeah. with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should have that seventh slide. Should have. It should have. <laughs> Yeah, it's an impressive building. This is one on Instagram, isn't it? I mean, there's, yeah, it's crazy stuff. They have to they have put some very good renders together. Yeah, as I said, really like this. I like the way it's a different type of building. Uh, well, it, a different type of project because it's it's reinventing what is what was a terribly unsustainable site, an oil refinery site, into something that is low energy. It's culture. Got some mm. lovely pictures of an art exhibition going on. Mm. Um, yeah, I wasn't getting Battersea vibes, but now you say it, I can sort of uh, I can sort of see it. I think I get that from the uh, second second pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got a bouncy feel, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me a bit of that. Um, there's a project over in King's Cross in London, I think, called Gas Holders Triplets, which is where they took a gas holder framework at this, in the UK with these like historic, you know, I don't know what you call them actually. Gas holes. They look yeah, like water towers, man. They, they look like when you get there. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I lived across from one in London, and whenever when I, when I moved there, whenever someone would come and visit, they'd be like, "What is that? Where your water's kept?" Because <laughs> it, ju- it just looks like water towers. Yeah, no, they go up and down depending on how much gas is in them. I remember being fascinated with them as, as a kid and asking my my grandparents about it. But anyway, one of those, uh, well, I don't know, three of those over in King's Cross, they kept the original framework and then built these circular flats inside them. 
uh, and charge the fortune for the flats. But I think it's very, it's that's a nice bit of heritage that's been retained in that part of London, and it kind of I kind of get in that vibe here as well. Yeah, I get that. I I remember. Can you remember? I was trying to get a sponsorship to do a video on that for years. <laughs> I do. I remember that? that? I love those yep. buildings. Yeah, yeah, they look fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree. They disassembled the framework, took it off site, restored it. I think up north somewhere, and then brought it back down and reassembled it around mm. the buildings. It's very cool. Yeah. I love that about London. They did the similar with the uh, Big Ben's makeover, right? They took every brick, brick microchipped yep. it, sent it up north, cleaned it, restored it, sent it back so it's in the same place. That's 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 really cool. Yeah, and what fascinated me about that is they barcoded. They had these unique tracking barcodes on all the roof tiles because they needed to make sure where those tiles were at any time and that they could put them back in the same order in the same place, which obviously is a pretty big responsibility for the roof of Big Ben. Mm. <laughs> Don't want to be getting that wow. wrong. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's a cool story. A few comments on this one, guys. Uh, people saying incredible transformation. It's really nice that this is a uh, sustainable project. Uh, lots of the clappy hand emoji. Um, the transformed gas holder is fantastic. MVRDV is the best. Mm, yeah, I think I think one of those little uh, clapping hand emojis is from Luke, mate. Is it? He's getting in there. Yeah, he probably knew we were going to talk about it. First one, he's yeah, got the he's got the thing. eyes and the clap. Oh yeah, sort of thing he'd do. He's got yeah. he's got the clap that we just said. <laughs> 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 oh, you mean the clap emoji? <laughs> oh man. Uh, for balance, we've got Scott saying greenwashing has gone a bit mad with this one. Yeah, I don't mean it does. It it feels the renders and the design feel very very impressive. Is it gonna be like that in reality? I hope so. I hope so. Um, it, it looks very green, very saturated, uh, very idyllic. I mean, it's MVRDV. They always do a, a good job. Uh, marble arch mound aside mm. of of their designs putting together. So I think this is going to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. Optimistic. Lots of people saying they love the idea. We should do more of this. It's a good way of taking uh, industrial architecture or industrial lands and reimagining them for the future. So, anything else to add? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what what's with the mysterious um, render. The second or last photo. I don't understand this like mysterious cloud surrounding it. A smog, mate. They wouldn't actually put smog in it, surely. They're like, hang on, let's make it real. Let's make it realistic. Where's the smog? <laughs> Where's that, the smog? That's, that's suspicious to me, like mist <laughs> on an architecture render. So the, you've got this lovely little building sitting above it, and then it kind of, you can't see where the building meets the ground or how it meets the ground. That That's a red flag for me, suspicion. What's going oh, yeah. on there? Is it detailed yet? Have you thought about it? Does it look absolutely mm. rubbish? What's Yeah. Anyway, we will find out. We'll find out. Um, also, in the news this week, guys, we've got some some big news over from Saudi Arabia because obviously we couldn't get through an episode of the world's best construction podcast without talking about something else. Saudi Arabia. <laughs> um, but as we were saying last week's episode, uh, the the PIF, the public Inf- public investment fund, sorry, are signing up some of the world's biggest architects to design and build uh, the, the numerous mega projects they've got going on. And lo and behold, in the last week, Bjark Ingels Group have been confirmed as the master planner of the Octagon, Oxygen, whatever you want to call it, the eight-sided floating port city thing on the Red Sea, uh, which is pretty impressive. I think, you know, it's 
it's good that they've got a good designer like Bjark Ingels on board. There is a focus on sustainability with everything Bjark Ingels do, which I'm pleased about. Uh, I, yeah, I'd be interested to see what kind of influence they they have on this and what form it takes. I think the most interesting part of the story is that, once again, Saudi Arabia have gone out and signed up the biggest, best architect they can to add a bit of legitimacy and prestige to their projects. Mm. To me, that gives... I know, I know we've had a bit of back and forth, me, you and Kyle, about this, whether any of these projects are going to actually <laughs> actually come through. Um, but I think if they've got the biggest architects in the world actually starting work, implementing plans and designs and things like that, surely that's an inkling that this is going to go ahead, right? Um, one thing with this project, though, I don't understand. I I do for like aesthetic purposes and, and just creating a bit of, um, excitement around it but why is half of it floating is there any details about why it's floating why half of it's floating i don't know it must be a a thing to do with access for boats and stuff i, I to be honest i think it's more to do with making it interesting and eye-catching hmm. yeah you could say why why is there a massive cube in the middle of that city why is there a 170 kilometer linear city across the desert why yeah. It's a big prison. It <laughs> <laughs> reminds me of yeah. a big prison. Yeah, it's got Alcatraz vibes in it. Yeah. Where, um, where are you going to run to? In the middle of the desert. That's a song, isn't it? Where are you going to run to? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know, mate. It reminds me of the prison in Star Wars, now you mention it. It's the uh, prison in Andor. Oh, really? Which you, you won't know anything about that. But if Luke were here... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I have no <laughs> idea about Star Wars. You guys, you guys always talk about Star Wars. I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> sorry, no idea. sorry. Yes, I think I think it's floating for impacts and attention. Basically, I mean, obviously that for a port is pretty useful because you can have uh, different boats coming into it. So I imagine there is a there's a bit of uh, there's a bit of functionality there. But most ports and harbors around the world are built on land with openings and inlets, not out on the sea, floating like this. Mm. Um, as we said last week, guys, this will be the world's largest floating structure if it's constructed. Um, but yeah, Bjarkingle's master planning it, and that means there might be other architects and designers coming in and creating stuff within their master plan. But Bjarkingle's are kind of setting the tone and the direction of this, what is an enormous, I was going to say 50 pence piece, but again, you, it's not got eight sides. 50, 50p doesn't have eight sides. And if you're outside the UK, you won't know what I'm talking about. So mm. big old octagon in the desert. Impressive stuff. <laughs> um, also this week, just, just I'm digressing now, but on Saudi Arabia, they uh, did an exhibition at the Venice Biennale, which is like a very, uh, it's like an architecture festival, basically. It's happening in Venice. And they put these uh, 3D models of the line out there. For some more information, I'm going to just send you, send you some images of this now, mate, if you have a look at um this is kind of breaking this morning as we as me and i record this but uh yeah exhibition opened yesterday and it's pretty interesting to see how they're how they're putting this together yes yeah, so you've got cross sections of the line for the first time with these like sweeping valleys in them uh green spaces arteries running through it i mean it, it feels pretty dystopian i look at this and think it's exciting and intriguing, but I also look at it and think, oh, what is happening to the world? How is this happening? Why are we doing this? Um, yeah, we're going to stick these in, we're going to stick these pictures up on our Instagram, guys. So by the time you listen to this podcast, you will see them. Um, but yeah, some interesting stuff going on inside the line in these cross sections. You seeing this, mate? Um, like, 
that does not make me excited. Like I, I, I still stand by. I want to see this built because I'm just out of pure curiosity. Um, but it just looks like it looks like a big jail to me. Just like a compact like <laughs> tube of oh, just yeah, being locked away. Um, What's yeah, funny, was- right? Is there's the, there's the official press coverage of this, right? Which is like. Uh, pictures of the models and stuff in, in this Venice exhibition, the Neo, Neo in Venice, they're calling it. So there's this uh, exhibition all about Neo and the line in Venice. Um, and there's like the official press write up, which is the images and like analysis on what it, on what it shows and what's there. And then you go on Twitter and there's just people like posting pictures, close ups of the model saying, we are so screwed. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is the future of urban planning. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is quite scary though. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I don't know. As I said, I said last week's episode. This is that the line. I just, I just can't see. It. I can see a bit of it being built, but the whole thing. I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm trying to imagine one World Trade Center in New York because that's how high we're talking here, 500 meters, and then it going sideways <laughs> for a kilometer, not just one kilometer or two kilometers or three, but 170 mm. twice. Because there's two of them rising each side of each other, like, yeah. Do you think they'll have to um, create certain material for the exterior for it to withstand the desert? Right? Is, is yeah. Like you can they just go. This material we use on a you know one world trade center, we can't use the same on the line no, in the desert. Obviously, yeah. No, it has to be stuff that's suitable for the Saudi Arabian desert. Obviously, they've built stuff in Saudi Arabia for, for a long time. They know what they're doing. And in, and in the Middle East, they know how to clad these skyscrapers in, in the right way. This being as mirrored as it is, there must be some kind of treatment on the glass or there will be some kind of treatment on the glass. You can't just build a massive mirror in the desert because you will obviously fry everything within <laughs> <laughs> within a few hundred miles. And you'll see it from space. Oh, you'll probably see it from space anyway because it's a huge line across the desert if it gets built. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Let's see where it goes, guys. Let us know what you think about uh, the ever unfolding story around Saudi Arabia, uh, the line exhibition, which we're going to stick up on our social media in the next couple of days, uh, and also uh, the was being announced as the Oxygen designer. Does that excite you? Does that thrill you? Are you excited to see what's going to come, uh, or are you just a bit kind of skeptical of the whole thing? Get your comments coming in podcast at the b1m.com. Now, sliding over to the inbox, uh, we've had a message come in from Chris, Chris Muncy, right? So he, uh, Chris, <laughs> Chris has now become slightly infamous in this podcast because uh, he mistook Luke for Kyle. Um, so he sent us an email last week after that episode came out and he said, uh, the headline is, how do you get Kyle from Luke? Question mark, exclamation mark. <laughs> he says, I just heard the latest podcast. When you hear your name on a very reputable podcast and YouTube channel, you're all excited to be mentioned. Then you realize it was for the wrong reason. Wow. How could I have screwed up any worse? <laughs> I would like to take this moment to publicly apologize to Luke for calling him Kyle. I have no idea how I did that. I actually had to go back to the email I sent to verify that I'd screwed up that badly. Please don't ban me from listening. Oh, Chris, don't worry, mate. We've all, we've all been there. I mean, Liam particularly um, has especially bad spelling and grammar because i know i've uh, mm. i've seen it for many years and corrected it several times in pitches and whatnot um so you, you can relate <laughs> this thing. like it doesn't <laughs> Wait, I, I don't apo- ruin your life 
Yeah, don't apologize, Chris. This is great. You've given us something to laugh at Luke slash Kyle for forever. Yeah, you gave us fodder, Chris. In fact, if anything, Chris, we should be thanking you for what you did for our episode because everyone yeah. was laughing about it. And yeah, he does look like a Kyle as well. He does. Mm. What what give, what about him specifically gives you Kyle vibes? Is it the hair? Yeah, mate. It might be the receding hairline. <laughs> that hairdo's on the run. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello to all of our listeners called Kyle. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm allowed to say that. I'm, 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 a, I'm bald. I'm allowed to say that. I feel like I've, 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 I've got a bit of ground to stand on here. He looks like a Kyle because he's got a receding hairline. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, <laughs> sorry, that's hit me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you agree, though? It's his airline. He's, he's getting a bit high, man. <laughs> What's so mean is that he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Well, Chris, don't feel bad, mate. I, I worry that Chris, because his email makes it sound like he's he's really worried and embarrassed about it. Chris, don't worry, mate. We love you. You're a huge. Mm. You, we appreciate your support. Uh, we hugely appreciate your support. So, yeah, don't, don't worry about it, mate. <laughs> yeah, please, please do keep listening. Yeah, if you, yeah, we're not going to ban you from listening. Can you ban people from listening to a podcast? And you can, can you? No, mate. No, I don't think you yet. can. Going to bend that button at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit worried about this episode, right? Because I thought, um, well, Luke isn't here, and uh, Liam and I have had a few chats down the pub over the years, which I would never want recorded or put anywhere near the internet because <laughs> the more drinks we have, the more. <laughs> The, more, the less suitable it is for public consumption. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm slightly worried, mate, that it was going to be like you and I going to the pub with someone putting a microphone to us and recording. Um, I think yeah. you're right. I think other than me digressing onto my vasectomy, which I didn't have. Mm. Thought about it though. We were good. I think. I think. I, I reckon every a lot of males that have kids have probably thought about it. I think my brother's yeah. got one actually. <laughs> oh, wait, I tell you what, you know how I, I had that spider problem here for a while, right? Vivid, vividly. Like, yeah, well, it was, it was like an assault, mate. It was just like, it was, it was an assault <laughs> for, for three months. An invasion. It was, it was, it was, yeah. Anyway, my brother is, uh, he lives in Koh Samui in Thailand, right? He's just bought a house. He's bought a house and it's got a section next to it. And uh, the section next to it was just like overgrown jungle and things like that. He cleared it out, right? And um, he sent me a video. It's full of snakes and scorpions, mate. It's got a video. Scorpions apparently live under under the ground. They like burrow down. And he's, he's FaceTiming me the other day, and he's just a huge scorpions. Anyway, so he's cleared that out, and then he goes down to the bottom of his house. So he's got like the garage under the house, um, right? And then you can go under that. There's bats down there, like living bats, like That's all me. like sleeping together, man. Like he lives in a zoo. Where is this? Kosamui? Yeah, Thailand. Red flag. Not going there either. Another one crossed off the list. I bet he's going to love this. You've, you've talked about his. Uh, you've told the whole world he's got a vasectomy on podcast, and then uh, <laughs> I don't think he. I don't think he went through it as well. I don't think he went through. Oh, it. He backed out. He backed yeah. out. Okay, well there you go. Is it Ryan, your brother? Yeah, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shout out to Ryan Mosh. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Lots of details. Ryan Marsh, guys, he may or may not have a vasectomy. He lives in uh, Lifton Coast in very Thailand. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dear. I love my kids. I should stress if my wife says this. I love my kids. Just never again. You've got a boy and a girl. I love them, but mm. I'm done. Yeah, you got this to come, mate. You got this to mm, come. Maybe, mate. I don't know. Hang out with you more. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> putting your... How are the wedding plans going? Yeah, wedding plans are good, mate. Good. So uh, they're all done, basically. I um, This is going to make me sound really bad, but my fiance did them all. She is a very good project manager. She like, runs a project managing management team. Um, and I basically said from the outset, I think you should take charge of this because we're both control <laughs> freaks and we're just going to argue. And I really don't care what the flowers look like and the minor details. Um, so she's basically planned everything. I'm not going to claim anything. She's she's basically done everything. I went and got a suit fitting the other day. A suit made. It's looking good. It's looking good, mate. Exciting times. Exciting times. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that event later this year. Mm. Uh, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, get your comments coming in. Get your emails coming in. Podcast at the B1M.com. It's been me and Liam today, which has been quite nice. Just the two of us for once. Hence, it's been a shorter episode because somebody on the hosting lineup has a habitat of... Uh, habitat? Habits of... Uh, Talking a bit too much sometimes. I love to chat, doesn't he? Yeah, old Kyle. Chatting away. <laughs> He's going to hate this. He's going to hate this episode when he puts it together. Shout out to, uh, to Luke Bly slash Kyle Bly, whoever his alter ego is. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. As I said, get your comments coming in on the Africa Mega Dam, the Grand Renaissance Dam in Ethiopia. Uh, get your comments coming in on Saudi Arabia and also the oil refinery in China. And we will see you with our full hosting lineup next week. Hopefully, I'm recording. (laughs) (laughs) Just me and you having a chat.